Happy Mother's Day. Yes. Happy Mother's Day to all of our moms today. We just want to celebrate you here in our second service at Christian Embassy. This second worship experience is just coming on right after our first one. And my, what a celebration we had there with all of our moms and families that were gathered together. Now we want to do the same with you. This is truly an amazing day that I believe that is very special to the heart of God. Uh, and I know it's special to our heart because each and every one of us, whether biological or God brought in a surrogate, you might would say, that came in and, and, and was a mother figure for us, we've all been impacted in a very, very positive way and having life today because of that. And here at Christian Embassy, we just want to celebrate our moms. We want to love on you guys. We want you to know how special you are. We treasure you. We treasure what you have done and what you're yet even going to do for the glory of God. So this morning, we're going to look at godly ways to love your mother. So moms, I need you to be my amen corner because I'm preaching for you today. I'm raising the standard. I am challenging the congregation. I'm reaching out through these cameras into uh, maybe hundreds or even thousands out there. And I want you to be challenged as well. Because let me tell you what, mothers are so very important to us, but we find that they're very important to God as well. Uh, it was the mother that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, uh, the Holy Spirit chose Mary to bring the Son of God to us through a mother. And we see that Jesus saw uh, her role as very, very important even while he was taking his final breaths. We see that in John chapter 19. And before we turn there, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. God, we do thank you. We thank you for the beautiful gift of motherhood that you've given to us, Lord God. And Lord God, we know that in human and, and, and as sinners, Lord God, that was born under a fallen uh, economy, uh, that there's been a lot of failures, there's been a lot of mistakes. But Lord God, we're not left in that vacuum. We have your redemptive power and we have your amazing grace. And Lord God, we can see how you have taken and anointed and turned around even mothers in our lives, Lord God, in such a way that we can celebrate with great, great celebration today the very, the very office, the position, and the blessed opportunity that each and every mother has had and has been to each and every one of us. So Lord God, we just pray that you would open our eyes to see through your word today ways that we can love our mother in a way that would bring glory and honor to you. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Okay, now moms, if I don't get you uh, in my amen corner this morning, next Mother's Day, I'm going to talk about how great dads are, okay? So I'm just letting you know uh, up front, uh, you're either with me or not, okay? So here in John chapter 19, verse 26, uh, we see that Jesus is there on the cross, and as he's hanging on the cross, he says uh, he saw his mother, for she was there with him as he was being crucified, and there was also the disciple whom he loved, we know was John. And he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So we see that here is the son of God who came to us as the son of man through Mary, who was his mother. And the Holy Spirit is supernaturally conceived and brought forth the son of God to us, and now as Jesus is hanging on the cross with the weight of the sins of the world on his shoulders and taking care of all the redemptive matters that he's here for, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of hanging there nailed to the cross, he had been beaten, he had been uh, 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 bruised. The Bible says his face was beyond recognition, how bad they beat him in his face. He had been whipped on that whipping post. His lungs are exposed. There's so much uh, uh, damage that has been done to his body. He's got a crown of thorns on his head, the pain of hanging on that cross, nailed there in the hands and his feet. And the Bible tells us about crucifixion and how uh, they, they would lift themselves up to get another breath of air uh, standing on the nail that went through their feet. The pain of it all, he sees yet through all of that pain, he sees his mom. And he says, I got to make sure mom's taken care of. 
Oh, let our hearts be moved today. Oh, here is the Son of God. As God, He's dealing with eternal matters. But as man, He's showing us how important it is to take care of and love your mothers. I'm here to tell you, you cannot be wrong with your mother and be right with God. There's just some, there's something out of balance there. So if your mother's still alive, regardless of your age or her age, you should make it a commitment right now that I'm going to love my mother in these godly ways that I'm, I'm going to see. So I'm going to show you several godly ways and way, how you can express and show your love for your mother. So number one, I encourage you and challenge you to love her verbally. You need to love her verbally. God has created each of us in His image. So we are speaking spirits. He has created us. The Bible says that when this earth was a, a vacant void, a, there was darkness that covered the deep of it. The, the Spirit of God was hovering over that. So the Spirit of God was here. The Holy Ghost was here. The power of God was here. The presence of God was here. But the darkness and the chaos was there and nothing changed until God spoke. And He said, let there be light. The Holy Spirit brings forth the manifest in this earth what God spoke. And then he created us on the sixth day in his image as speaking spirits. We were not spoken into existence. We were formed and fashioned. He breathed his spirit into us so that we were created in his image. So we now have the authority with our tongue to bring death or life is in the power of our tongue. And we've got to understand that. So there's power in what you say, whether you say the right thing or the wrong thing, but that also teaches us that it's very important uh, there's power in what you don't say. So we need to use what God has given us to release blessing. Because listen, your words can be hurtful, they can be prideful, they can be dismissive, they can be commanding, they can be demeaning, or... You can take authority over your words and discipline your words and they can heal. They can inspire. They can lift up the downcast soul. They can restore. And who should we be blessing more than our mothers? Because our mothers have been gifts of God to us to bring us to this place. Some of you say, well, I don't, my biological mother was not in my life. Let me tell you what. God has brought some guardian, some mother, I guarantee you, in your life. She may not have been biologically related to you, but spirit to spirit, she is probably more of a mother to you than a lot of people who have biological mothers. And you need to love her verbally. Saying it, not thinking it, not she knows. You need to tell your mother that you love her, you appreciate her, and you need to bless her. Any of you ever read Dear Abby? You know, the, uh, the column in the, in the paper. Well, here's a letter that came in. It says, I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. 36 days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were then routed to Australia. Eleven days after I landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. Our first date, I told her I was going to marry her. Sounds a little familiar here. I, I didn't go on our first date and say that, but I knew. Okay. He said, and I did. Eighteen months later, I married her while I was on a 10-day R&R. And uh, he says, after now more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. And although we agreed that we would spread the ashes of the, the one who went first over the mountains, I just found I couldn't part with hers. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say, you don't know how much I love you. And I'd reply, likewise. What a jerk. What a jerk, likewise. Ditto. He said, I never said I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. And although I wrote her poetry, I could not bring myself to say those three words that she wanted to hear the most. And as my dearest was dying and we thought she was in a coma, I told her, there, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. I was saying what she always said to me. And a few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and she died. So the reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Missing Mary in Colorado. Love your mother verbally. 
If she's still alive, you need to tell her. You need to let her know. You don't beat such... You men, please hear me men. There is nothing more masculine than a man to share the expressions of his heart. I'm telling you, we... You say, well, that's a wimp. No, it's a wimp that hides behind the cowardness that you can't even tell the person that gave you life how special they are and how much they love you. I'm going to get on a preach right now because let me tell you what, we need to use these tongues as speaking spirits and we need to release life and we need to release blessings over our mothers. And then I challenge you, secondly, we need to love her physically. Okay, when's the last time you gave her a big hug without her asking for it or a kiss on the cheek or just sat on the couch and held her hand for a change? I know in our house, oh my goodness, they, they fight over it. When mom comes in from a busy day, uh, next thing you know, Caleb's over there or Morgan's over there sitting beside her. Now Morgan does the spa treatment. She lays all across the sofa with her head in her lap, probably wanting a back rub, but she's telling mom about all the stuff of the day and just pouring her heart out to her mom. And then Caleb, he snuggles up under, he's our snuggle bug, and he's uh, uh, doing the same thing. And even the bearded one, okay, the bearded one, Townsend, Oh my goodness, it's just, I love it. I see it and I love how our children love on their mom. How they, they have fun with her and they, it, you know, Townsend will go on a walk with her and, and, and it's just, and they go and just talk and talk and stuff and it's just, I love how this happens and, and I believe it's an expression of the, the heart of God, the Spirit of God, that, that we need to spend time and be physical with our parents if they're still here. If they're still here, we need to invest in that. Let me tell you what, she was the first person that ever touched you. She wrapped you up in her womb for a number of months. And then when you came out, she gave you priority to hold you and to caress you and to cuddle with you and to stroke your head and to rub your feet and, and uh, uh, put your little cheek against her cheek and gave you a finger to grasp onto. Let me tell you what, touch was so important. Don't you forget that. Amen. And in love, she did all of these things, including grooming you with the lick thumb. Anybody know how that works? I still don't know how my mom did it. We grew up, well, she had this big car. It was a boat. It was a boat. And there was my sister uh, in the front seat and my brother and I in the back seat. And we're on our way to church and a, a cow lick would be standing up. I don't know how she did it, but she would lick that thumb and uh, get that cow lick down, driving that car. I don't know. She must have been Stretch Armstrong or something or another. So when we got to church, I mean, we were all uh, snazzy. It was done. And that thumb, that lick thumb can do a lot. Anybody know what I'm talking about? She was the one when you were little, she would say, give me some sugar. And you'd pucker up and she would just take that little sloppy kiss right from you, even if it had Fruit Loop crumbs on your lip. Okay. You would give her a big bear hug. You would even hold on to her leg and she'd walk around the house uh, with you holding on and she changed your diapers. Let me tell you what, she potty trained you. She held that Kleenex over your nose and said, blow, no, blow harder, blow harder. You know what I'm talking about. And she wiped the food off of your face uh, years beyond when she should have. Uh, we were recently at my mom's and we were eating and my mom was trying to wipe something off my face. I said, Mom, okay, I'm 50-something years old. I can handle this. Just tell me where it's at. Constantly she touched you. She touched you. And she may have uh, had to hand you off to another as you went on and got married and so forth, but she's still your mom. She's still your mom. And it would be more to her than flowers and more to her than eating out and more to her than a diamond neck necklace well, maybe not. Not that one. Okay. <laughs> if you would just spend some time with her and physically touch her, hold her hand, and, and then speak lovingly to her. Another way we can honor our mothers is to love her patiently. I believe that's a godly way that we can do that. Oh, we love for her to be patient with us, do we not? But we need to be patient with her. Let me tell you, mothers have this incredible job with no pay. There's no position in the business world that, that, that requires a physical and emotional and spiritual commitment is motherhood. And if it did, it could not pay the salary. Man, it would be, it would be beyond the budget of the biggest corporations. There was this poem that was written that I think makes this point, And it's called, No Occupation. She rises up at the break of day and through her tasks, she races. 
She cooks the meals as best as may and scrubs the children's faces. And while school books and lunches and ribbons too all need consideration, yet that census man insists she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes are all done, she bakes a cake maybe. She cleans the rooms up one by one with one eye on the baby. The mending pile she then attacks by way of variation. And yet that census man insists she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation. And yet that census man insists no occupation. Here's the point. In spite of all that she does for us, if we're not careful, we often don't value what she has done and we'll, be, we'll show the lack of value because we're impatient with her. She takes care of all the things that she can. And let me tell you what, she works so hard to make sure that our lives is as good as they are, but we have this tendency to go off on her. To go off on her when things aren't done just right the way we want them. Maybe this is not the favorite meal. Maybe what is that she's put over the rice. Maybe she came to pick us up from school to keep us from having to ride the bus because we didn't want to ride the bus, but she's five minutes late and now we're scolding her. We have this tendency, if we're not careful and we don't discipline ourselves, that we will give the least to the one who's given us the most. We have this tendency, and I know it's sin nature, and we need to discipline it and put it under the blood of Jesus that we will, we will mistreat the person that we think loves us the most because we've got this trash that we want to dump and we will dump it on the one we're most secure with. That is wrong. That is wrong. And mothers tend to get the brunt of that. Love her patiently. Just because she's tender to your needs is no reason for us to take advantage of her. It's more the reason for us to be patient with her. And if there's any teens or, or junior high in here today, you listen to me. It's unfair for you to be kinder and more considerate and more patient with your friends and your friend's mother than your own mother. I say that violates you. You should be locked up in a room somewhere and given bread and water to eat. Okay, that's extreme, but I'm trying to make a point. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom, would you have friends? If you treated your, their mom like you treat your mom, would their mom let you go out with their children? I'm here to tell you, your mom deserves better. She's not a rug for you to wipe every negative emotion or negative thought on. She is your mother. Come on now, mom, you better back me up on this. Because how dare your kids go and be more respectful to their friend's parent than to be respectful to you. And how dare they go into their friend's house and jump right in and help with chores without being asked and then come home and you've got to fight with them and you've got to argue with them to get a chore done. No, 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 no. Somebody's got to set the standard and I'm going to, I'm going to just help you with that. You can say, Pastor said. You can, say, you can blame it on me because I tell you what, one day they will appreciate that those standards were set. And for us adults with living mothers, we need to love her patiently. The Bible says love is patient and love is kind. Let me tell you what, God is love. And God has called us to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that neighbor needs to begin with our mother. Because neighbor means near one. Who's nearest to you than your mother? And we need to show forth that love being patient and kind. James Dobson read this letter on Focus on the Family Radio many years ago from an 80-year-old woman on her birthday. She wrote this letter and she says, To all my children, I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are the things I can never get enough of, yet they are free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed when you visit. We can talk or we can just be silent. I just want us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is for me to always be repeating, but sometimes I need for you to repeat it. I need your patience when I think too much about the past with my slowness and my, and my set ways. 
I, I, I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. I didn't ask for this, but it is my reality. Please understand about my personal care habits. I know I spill things, I lose things, and I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statements. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I've already taken it already. I know I take too many naps and sometimes I sleep just to help pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, and understanding. These are the priceless gifts that I want. Finally, in his letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eye is on the sparrow and I know he cares for me. I guess being 80 isn't so bad after all. Love mom. Love her patiently. Let me tell you what, the day will come you will pray that you have sown the seed of loving and patience because you're going to need somebody to be patient with you as well. I go ahead and tell you right now, some people have to round you closest, they need to be patient with you right now. And you're going you're to reap what you sow. So let us start with our moms. Jesus dealing with the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders as God, the Son of God, but as the Son of Man. He said, i got to make sure, take care of mom. Love her verbally. Love her physically. Love her patiently. And I say forth, love her gratefully. Love her gratefully. See, the Holy Spirit brought this to my attention where he, through the Apostle Paul, is bringing us to Scripture in 2 Timothy 1, 3 through 5. And here's what the Holy Spirit says through the Apostle Paul. Basically, God is speaking and saying, I am so thankful. I am so grateful, Timothy, for your faith. And your faith came through your grandmother and your mother, Lois and Eunice. He says, here's God giving thanks through the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit, thanking Eunice and Lois for the mother and the grandmother who was willing to teach their son and grandson Timothy the ways of the Lord. So if God will have holy inspired scripture showing us his heart of gratitude for a mother and a grandmother who will stand there and teach their child, ch children in the ways of the Lord, how much more should we be grateful? Amen. There was in this elementary class, they, uh, they were studying magnets and how uh, objects were attracted to them with the, the opposite of polarization and all. They were studying that. And at the end of the semester, the teacher put this question on the exam. Six letters, starts with M, picks up things, what am I? And over half the class wrote mother. <laughs> and, and she had a dilemma because even though the answer was magnets, that she knew it was true. So she gave them all credit for it. I like that teacher. She loved her mother. It would be impossible for us all to count the meals and the diapers and the countdown. I know we were having technical difficulties at the beginning of the service, but in the countdown, if you were able to see it, maybe even in first service or maybe it'll be online. I don't know if they can post-production put it on there, but it was given all the stats of the average meals and the average diapers and the average laundry loads and all that a mother does in a lifetime and the room cleanings and the scrubbing the tubs and the laundry and all this stuff. We owe her big time. We owe her big time. I got two amens, but I tell you what, the truth is still going to stand. <laughs> she needs sincere thank you, not just from us today on Mother's Day or Christmas and, and her birthday. We need to show the gratitude of God through our lives more often. Amen. Praise God. So we need to love her gratefully. Oh, thank your mother. You say, well, my mom's already gone. Well, you can express to others how grateful you are of the life that she lived, the sacrifices she made, and you can make an impact on the generation that is coming up. Amen. And then we want to love her generously. Not, not a time to be stingy when it comes to mom. There's nothing too good for her because we could never repay her, right? But we need to try before she passes. If she's still alive, you need to try. She didn't spend on herself. She made sure our needs were met. You don't even know the half of it. 
You don't even know the half of what she had to say no to in order to say yes to some of the things. And you thought you were on a budget. Oh my goodness. That, let me tell you what. If you could pull back the veil and see, there was so much sacrifice made for you to have what you had. And there was expenses that were involved in your life that she never even told you about, but she took care of it so you could be and do what you did. She cleared her schedule so she could run you around. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling you, thank God that Townsend has a driver's license. And we, we, we knighted him as sub-parent. Okay. Because this running around, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot. When they were little, they went where we went. They did what we did. But now, oh, my goodness. It's like I'm appreciating that more and more. I think back when I played football and before we got our driver's license, how my mom was always running. We lived out in the farm, miles and miles away from town, but she was always running us to practice and, 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 and then having, so I didn't even thought about it. Our practices would be an hour and a half, two hours or longer, and then there she would be. What did she do during those two hours? And this was back with the old days, a car didn't have air conditioning, it was hot. What was she doing? Okay, I don't know. But I do thank her for all the sacrifices she made. There was a, a math class, and little Tommy was in, the math, uh, in this math class. And the teacher asked out, you know, it was one day in class, and she said, Tommy, it, it, we've been studying our fractions now, and here I'm going to give you a question. If there are ten at the table and one apple pie. Now with this picture here, don't you guys start getting hungry on me, okay? But there's one apple pie. How much does one get? He says one ninth. She said, no, Tommy. No, no, please help me out. Now I've been a teacher. I don't want to be that bad a teacher. Okay, you're not helping me. Uh, listen to the question again. There's one apple pie. There's Ten people at the table, uh, how much would each person get? And again, he says, one ninth. And she says, I failed. You don't know your fractions. He said, no, uh, Miss, Miss Tanner, you haven't failed. Uh, you just don't know my mother. If there were that many people at the table, she would not want a piece. Now, here's a little boy that already saw sacrifices. And I'm telling you what I can think back. I can think back to so many times. When my mom, for some reason or another, we just like, she must have a sensitive stomach that she's just, she's not eating. When my dad got shot and, you know, she's 30, it was on her 30th birthday. My dad gets shot and paralyzed from his neck down and is in the hospital for almost a year. And she's got three little kids. She's got a nine-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a, and a, and a three-year-old. And it's like, you know, we, we've struggled. There was struggle. People don't realize some of the things that happened, but I remember her just not eating. She would just keep serving. She would just keep serving and, and uh, maybe sit down for just a second. Then she would jump back up. And we were thinking, maybe she eats while she cooks, you know. <laughs> but then she just kept getting thinner and thinner and thinner. And I remember, wow, wow. And I think back on that. She was making sacrifices that these growing boys that she had uh, was being well nourished. I mean, we're playing sports and working on the farm and all the things that we're doing. And she's like, she's taking care of us. We don't know the sacrifices that our mom has made. So just like Miss Tanner, who thought Tommy didn't know his fractions, he, Tommy said, no, Miss Tanner, you, didn't know, you don't know my mother. There are sacrifices she makes. So we want to love her generously. And then we want to love her honorably. We need to honor our mother. The Bible actually even says, and this is New Testament teaching. I mean, we can go back to the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments, but we can see that in the New Testament, that covenant is brought forward of the importance that we need to honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Now, now this is binding for as long as you live. Another command says, children, obey your parents uh, and we know that that obedience to our parents is while we're under their authority and under their uh, living under their household. But there also comes another time that says we are to uh, leave our mother and father and cleave to our spouse and the two become one. So that obedience shifts uh, because we are now becoming the authorities over a new household. But you may leave home, but the Bible never says you're to stop honoring your mother and your father. 
we need to honor our mother. It is biblical. Do you want things to go well with you? Do you want to live long in the land? Well, the Bible says this is so important to God that He gives benefits. He gives, he gives some benefits to it that if you will honor your mother and father, you will live long in the land and things will go well with you. Let me tell you what, to honor means to value. Place value on your mother. How do you place value? To honor, look at that next screen there. This gives you a whole list of words, appreciation and thanks and respect and uh, acknowledgement and achievement. To honor, to value, to respect, to treat favorably, to have a high regard for, to affix value to, affix value to your mom. And then honor is displayed in deeds and words and thoughts. And let me tell you what, I pray this sermon has something uh, of an effect today by the Holy Spirit that would help form or, or encourage or strengthen your thoughts of motherhood and your thoughts of your mother so that you will have the deeds that will come out of that thought system, that you will have the words that will come out of that thought system of honor to your mother. Some people would say, well, my mother did some dishonorable things. My mother was not there for me. My mother, let me tell you what, we've all fallen short. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short. Let me tell you what, I remember when these three were born, Townsend, it began at the Chesapeake Hospital, and I remember I had a, a 95 Ford Explorer, and, and uh, I pulled up into the, uh, uh, the front door, and they walked out. She was in a wheelchair. They made her come out in a wheelchair, and we had the baby in uh, a car seat, and had this little piece of whatever, you know. It's like, oh my goodness, it's crying, and it's uh, moving, and and, and as long as it was in the hospital, I felt okay, but they gave it to me, and I clicked it in the back seat, facing the back like I was supposed to, and I remember driving off, I almost started crying. Not because I was just, oh, my son is here. It was like, he's ours. They did not give me a class. They did not get, no one's coming home with me. What are we going to do with this thing? You know, and uh, it was scary. I remember it was scary. So children, be patient. And be forgiving with your parents because they had to learn on you. And let me tell you what, take how they treated you in the latter part to be the beginning of your family, okay, so that we stand on each other's shoulders and we take it to the next level. You don't have to go and repeat some of the mistakes they made. I know the devil tries to get us locked into that, that we go with a generational curse and we repeat the bad stuff. Uh-uh, no, we are under a generational blessing here at Christian Embassy, and we're going to repeat the good stuff. So forgive your mother if she had any uh, failings. She did. Forgive her. Let it go. You say, well, my mom just wasn't in my life. God brought someone who was in your life that, that the role of a mother and guardian over your life. And let me tell you what. Honor that position. Honor that person with your deeds, your words, and, and your thoughts. Let me ask you this question. Who do you think was greater, Thomas Edison or Nancy Matthews Edison? That was his mother. See, when he was young and uh, he went to school, uh, I got a picture of him here. I think it's him older there. Yeah, but, but uh, when he was in school, he came home one day with a note from his teacher. It says, your child is dumb. We can't do anything with him. Now, I just, something, a parent in me rises up right there, and I want to go and do something to a teacher that's not nice and, and get, you know, forgiveness later or something. It's like, no way. Teachers understand anybody, coach, anyone. If you're in a position of authority with children, let me tell you what, your words carry so much more weight than just, a, just anybody else. And here this teacher needs some discipline, okay? But that's not mine to do. But she sends this note home and says, your child is dumb, we can't do anything with him. And Mrs. Edison, she sends a note back. And it probably wouldn't have been the note that I sent or the, or the original note that I would have written and then I'd have prayed about it, fasted about it, and tore that one up and wrote, made, wrote another one. But she says, you don't understand my boy, so I'll teach him myself. And she did with results that are well known. I mean, this is the guy that invented the phonograph, he, the motion picture camera, the light bulb. Uh, he, he was the fourth most prolific inventor in the history of the world. 
the fourth in the world with over 1,093 patents in the United States and in the UK and France and in Germany. I'm telling you, his inventions have led to mass communication, in particular telecommunications. If you got a cell phone today, you can thank this boy who a teacher said was too dumb to learn. But a mother who stepped in and said, I'll take care of that and I'll take care of him. I'm telling you, we got things like this stick, uh, stock ticker and the mechanical vote recorder and the battery for electric car and the electrical power and recorded music and motion pictures all from this little boy who my mom would not give up on. He originated the concept of the implementation of the electric power generator that is now distributing power into homes and businesses and factories. We have AC and lights on today because of this kid who his mom would not give up on. The crucial development in this modern industrialized world that we live in today is because of the inventions that he came up with. The first power station in Manhattan Island, New York. He is the inventor. Founded 14 companies, and one of them is General Electric, which is still one of the largest publicly traded companies in the world today. I'm telling you, Edison says, my mother was the making of me. That's a quote. My mother was the making of me. And he honored his mother. And you know, he lived to be twice the average lifespan to those born in 1840. He lived to be 84 years old. And today, that would be over 100 years old. He lived and had his right mind. And I believe, in part, it's God honoring His promise that if you will honor your mother, I'm going to give you a long life. And there will be, things will go well with you. God is for mothers. God is for mothers. So who is the greatest? His mother or Thomas Edison? I would say, without his mother... He would have been another statistic that the authorities that were misaligned would have thrown to the side, discouraged, despondent, become a rebellion and troublemaker. But a mom stepped in and said, no, not my boy. You, you need mothers to step in and say, my children are a gift from God. My children are go here with purpose and destiny. And I'm going to encourage them and I'm going to assist them and I'm going to be a blessing to them and I'm going to pray for them and I'm going to show them Jesus every day of their life and they're going to, these eternal beings are going to live for God now and for eternity. Mothers, you have such an important role. There's this story that goes like this. We know it's not quite the creation story, but what if it did happen like this? When the good Lord was creating mothers, he was there on the six days working overtime, and an angel comes up to him and says, you're doing a lot of extra work fiddling on this one. And the Lord replied, have you seen the specs on this order? And she had to be completely washable, but not plastic, have over 180 movable parts, all replaceable, run on black coffee and leftovers, have a lap that disappears when she stands up, a kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg or a broken heart, and six pairs of hands. The angel shook his head slowly and said, six pair of hands? No way. Well, it's not the hands that's causing me the problem, the Lord said. It's those three pair of eyes that a mother has to have. The one pair that sees through the closed door when she asks, what are you kids doing in there? But she already knows. Another pair for the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but she needs to know. And of course, the ones in the front that sees the child when he goofs up and says, I understand you, son or daughter, and I still love you, and just continues to lead them in the right way. I'm so close to creating something that it's close to myself, said God. Already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of six on a pound of hamburger, and get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. And not only can she think, she can reason and compromise. Finally, the angel bent over and ran his finger across the cheek of the mother. There's a leak, he pronounced. I told you that you're trying to, do, to put too much into this model, God. That's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. Well, what's that for, asked the angel. The Lord replied, it's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and when she is so pleased with her children. Well, you're a genius, shouted the angel. And with a somber look on his face, the Lord said, I made the mother, but I didn't make the tear. She did, because she's got such a big, tender heart. 
Wow. Your mom may be tough on the external, but let me tell you what. There is a big, tender heart in there. And if you will honor her and you will bless her, you can bring the best out of her. It's so important. Please hear me. Please hear me, mothers, today. And please hear me, children, today. Life is too short. It's too short. It's passing by. You think you've got forever and ever, and we do in heaven, but this time on earth is short-lived. I was reminded of that with this uh, little poem that talks about the small handprint on the wall. One day I was picking the toys up off the floor and I noticed a small handprint on the wall beside the door. I knew that it was something that I'd seen most every day, but this time when I saw it there, I just wanted it to stay. Then tears welled up inside my eyes and I knew it wouldn't last. For every parent knows their, their children grow, grow up way too fast. Just then I put my chores aside and I held my children tight and I sang to them sweet lullabies and rocked into the night. Sometimes we take for granted all those things that seem so small, like one of God's great treasures, just a little small handprint on the wall. Let me tell you what I was reminded as a parent. I remember for years, uh, we, I lived in the parsonage over here, and it was termite infested, and there was mold issues, and it was uh, uh, cramped, and part of the church office were, were in there. And it was just, it was a miserable living experience, and it just smelled, uh, the, just, it was just, it was like this place needs to be tore down, but it was where we were living. And I said, one day, God, if you'll help me build a house, Lord, I just want to thank you. and I'm going to praise you. Help me get out of this place before it falls down. And we'd have to walk on the exterior of the room because the termites had eaten all the stuff and the, 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 the hardwood floors, tongue and groove was the only thing. It was like a trampoline. And if you ever ran through it, didn't realize it, stuff would fall because the whole house would shake. It was just, it was crazy. Many of you remember, remember it. And uh, the day we tore it down, I took the first grab out of it with one of the tractors. And somebody said, you know, uh, are you sad? And I said, do I look sad? And I had one of the biggest smiles on my face. I was so glad to tear that place down. But we got into our new house, and the Lord blessed us with it. And, and uh, I, I remember Brother Mike actually painted, oh, my goodness, he and his team painted, and they just did such an amazing job, beautiful white trim and all. And, man, I didn't want no dirt anywhere. I didn't want, man, these little kids, you know, Townsend Six, and Morgan's just born, and then Caleb comes along, and, and the dirty little hands, and the floors were all shiny wood floors, and I didn't want any footprints, and I'm always scrubbing and fussing and, and wiping. I just, I was like, crazy, what's wrong with you? And then one day the Lord brought this to my mind. He said, all oh, this is going to go, be gone one day and you're going to wish somebody would leave a footprint on the floor and you're going to wish somebody would leave a handprint on the door. Now, I'm not encouraging y'all to be messy, okay? <laughs> and I remember I put the Windex down and I put down that mop and I said, you know what? I'm going to enjoy these. I call them my three little monkeys. I'm going to enjoy my three little monkeys. Okay, I'm going to enjoy them. And uh, we got the rest of our life to clean up. Now, we're not living like pig in a pigsty or nothing like that. But, but I, this needs to be told. That you can get so focused on getting all your what you think needs to be in order and miss the relationship or harm the relationship. Lord, help us to never be too busy for our mom. That we would take the time to spend with her. And moms, that you would take the time to enjoy your children. Now, we're in this thing with Caleb. He's the baby, 12, but he's wanting to be taller than everybody. So we got on one of our doors uh, in the living room there, in family room. Uh, on the end of it, they're marking their, their you know, height marks with pencil. And he's doing his so that his is like a solid line because he's measuring daily. So it's just like, it's like a becoming a solid line, which even stands out the more. So here, this mind of mind that sees all these marks on the door, and I have to keep saying, no, 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 don't let it bother you, don't let it bother you. Now it's getting to be a gray shade there, because Caleb's always, I'm, Mom, I'm taller. He told me this morning, I walked into the office after the first service. He said, it's official. And I said, you're taller than your mom. I knew what it was. I knew what it was. Yes, sir, uh, it's official. 
And uh, so I'm next. I reckon I'm next. He'll get me. And he's 12. He wears a tin shoe and has a hand the size of mine. So it's probably going to be the tallest in the family. But I now, I look at that on the door and I say, you know what? Our house has been 15 years since it was painted. You know, it needs to be repainted. Uh, but I said, I don't know that I'll ever, ever. It's marked up as it is. And it stands right there where my chair sits. But I'm learning to embrace it. That's my babies growing up. That, the laughs, the, the measuring. Measure again, Dad. No, no, measure again. God, I, was, I was not standing up tall, you know, whatever. And uh, man, the small handprint on the wall. If Jesus hanging on the cross with the weight of our sins upon him saw the importance, oh, I got to take care of my mom. I mean, I can't even fathom that. Can't even fathom that, but he gave us that example. I'll make sure she's taken care of before I take my last breath. And through the pain, he did. And he gave us the example today that we need to love our mothers verbally, physically, patiently, gratefully, generously, and honorably. When you're a little kid, you can go pick the flowers out of the flower garden, out of, out of the, the flower bed, and get by with it. But let me tell you what: you need to be making some sacrifices. You need to be doing some lemonade sales. And what are you raising money for? I want to get my mom a good Mother's Day present. We need to prioritize and give generously. Amen. And. Uh, and, and I asked the kids, I said, what, what are y'all doing for mom today? You know, I want to go jump in and do all everything big, but, you know, she's not my mom. I want them to, and they're like, we got it covered. We got it covered. And uh, the bearded one walks in. I shouldn't say that. Townsend, he, he walks in. He says, I've got, I've, I've got reservations are made at one of her favorite restaurants. It's all taken care of, Dad. And I was like, okay, praise God. So they, they're going to spend my money on doing good, generously. <laughs> and love her honorably. Amen. And moms, I've got one final gift for you. No, we got two, really. We got a rose for you. We want you to take uh, as you're leaving our ushers. We'll make sure you get one. But here's one of the greatest gifts of all that I, I want you to know that is yours if you'll receive it today. And that is if you've ever made a mistake. Any moms in here ever made a mistake? If you've ever misjudged an action or an event, if you've ever failed to fulfill your duty or made a promise and you came up short delivering on the promise, or if you've ever broken any of God's commands, let me tell you what, on this Mother's Day, God has the perfect gift for you, and that is the gift of no condemnation. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you will give Him your heart and yield your life over to Him and place your faith in Jesus who loved His mother so much that He took care of her as He was taking care of us from the cross, He will give you the gift of eternal life. He will give you the gift to take all the condemnation off of you of every mistake, of every shortcoming you've ever had. He will wash it white as snow. It will never be remembered ever again. And you can rise up and out of here instead of feeling despondent or under despair or condemned or guilty. You can go forth set free as a child of God, a daughter of grace, that you can be the mother going forward that God has created you to be. But you need to place your faith in Jesus Christ. So I want everyone to stand with me, please, as we come to a close here. And I want to open up the altar today. And I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the grace of God. I want to give you the opportunity to respond to His goodness, His blessings, and His mercy. He is offering forgiveness. He is offering redemption. He is offering blessing. He is offering that to you if you will place your faith in Him. Hallelujah. So, Lord God, we just come to you in this prayer. Lord, we, at the altar of our heart right now, God, we need to make a decision. And that decision is, Lord, right now, do we place you, number one, King of kings and Lord of lords. 
And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that everyone under the sound of my voice, mothers and fathers and children, everyone would make this Mother's Day one of the most memorial and one of the most blessed days ever in the history of your life that you will commit your heart to Jesus Christ. That you will commit your life to the Lord that took care of His mother, but then also took care of our sin. And that we would come to Him and accept Him today as Lord and Savior. I pray that you would make that prayer right now between you and God, that you would say, God, come into my heart. Come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to honor you, Lord. I want the rest of the remaining days of my life to be of such that I advance your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So I give you my heart, Jesus. I give you my life, Jesus. Come in and forgive me, Lord. Just invite him in right now, Jesus, on this Mother's Day, Jesus. Come into my heart. Come into my life. I want to live for you. I want to serve you. I want to honor you. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us such a great example. Thank you for showing us your amazing love. Your love for us. And your love for your mother. And Lord, I'm challenged by you. That as I rise up from this place of, of commitment today. That I want to live the example that you gave me. And I want to go and I want to love my mother. If she's still alive, I want to honor her. I want to bless her in a way that would be a blessing to you, Lord. And Lord God, if she's not, that I could love and encourage the mother figures around us in such a way to raise them up to a whole nother level. To let them see my support and to see my prayer blessings. And Lord God, that we would honor our deceased parents with our words. We would honor our deceased parents, Lord God, in the way that we hold them up. Lord, they may have done dishonorable things, but Lord God, there was good. There was good. And we thank you, Lord God, for bringing us through them to have the life that we have. So Lord God, I just want to thank you for this opportunity that you so love the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in you should not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that not one person under the sound of my voice would perish because they believe, they place their faith in you, Jesus. They receive you as their Lord and their Savior. And Lord God, your great love, they would embrace this day. Now Lord God, help us by filling us with your Spirit or refilling us with your Spirit. Help us, God, go out of here empowered from heaven to be your representative here on earth. We need you, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Fill us anew. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your anointing. Fill us, Lord God, in such a way that the fruit and the, and, and the gifts, Lord God, flow through our lives. Lord God, that we would go out of here being representations of heaven on earth. Lord God, that we would be your ambassadors this day. And now, God, as we close this service, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, God, that in creating this world order, you chose, you chose mothers to be the ones that you would bring us into this earth. And today, God, we thank you for that, and we thank you for our mothers, and we want to go now and be a blessing to mothers. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen! Hallelujah! How about give our mother?